0: once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast so time for our monthly preview show this of course is where we go through the previews books and pick out the best titles that are Most deserving of your hard-earned cash. Uh, This is going to be the June Previews books, mostly for releases in August of this year. So your host is always Alan from Coffee and Heroes in Belfast, uh, joined in a very relaxed setting of course by Mr. Keith Miller. Good evening sir. Good evening to you and it's early evening for a change. It is, look at that beautiful blue sky out that window. I mean if only we could record this in the garden with a beer, I think that's what we'd be doing. (laughs) But that wouldn't give our listeners the sound quality that they deserve. No it would not. I mean the laptop would probably overheat as well and it would just stop. stop halfway through but uh Yeah, I mean
1: talking about overheating, I mean it's been great it's been great here the past what couple of weeks, ten days. It has been fantastic, uh, which is why you're jumping on a plane and going to sunny or That's Exactly it. Yes, absolutely. Um you know the only thing that uh that uh, has me worried whenever I head off for
0: two weeks is, is how big my pull it's gonna be whenever I come back. Yeah, especially because we've actually been both very good recently, you know, we, we've we talked before on pods about trying to streamline our pulls slightly, you know, focus in on the quality, still results in 20 plus titles most weeks, but uh, I had the pleasure a few weeks back there of being fully up to date on my pull list for the first time since Alfie was born, uh-huh. only took 10 months, and uh, you were pretty much caught up, and now you're going on holiday and throwing it all yeah, into chaos yeah, again. Yeah, uh, I'm fairly well caught up. Um
1: I don't I haven't really dug into this week's pull list yet. At it, uh, it only being Thursday, uh, yesterday being New Comic Book Day, um, so uh, I haven't really dug in. I did finish last week's pull list, but I've been getting through a lot of uh, a lot of omnis,
0: a lot of hardbacks that have been piling up. Yeah, it's um, it's a really nice feeling. I've been reading some omnis as yeah. well. I mean, it's it's quite you know relevant because we're going to be recommending quite a few omnis through this uh, previews podcast. But what what you been reading? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, one that's
1: that's, uh, that's dear to your heart, the heart that pumps the blood mm-hmm. around your body, <laughs> is uh, Scott Snyder's American Vampire. I bought uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2, too chunky, chunky... Uh, sight on scene, yes, no less. sight on scene on your recommendation. I was very glad that I did. Um, I feel uh, on reading, and uh, I don't know if it's recency bias, because that's always a danger, but uh, I think Scott Snyder's... Uh, best work for me Yeah. Um, Sweet agree. is such a such a character, I mean Stephen King had a had a nudge there in the first uh, Bad Blood, uh, the first arc mm-hmm. um, and then right up to the more recently released American Vampire 1976
0: uh, which was I think 10 issues yeah uh, 10 yeah. issues finished it off and uh, it's very much finished, they, they collected the glorious series into two lovely omnibuses as you say, you had like the first 30 really? odd issues in the first one then you had a uh, tie-in series and Second Cycle and um, mm-hmm. 1976. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a chunky read, but it's That's a very worthwhile well,
1: one. I couldn't put it down. Couldn't put it down. That um, first volume of Gideon Falls, Jeff Lemire, obviously. And um, so, Beautiful book. With the second volume uh, left sitting and through the two uh, Ultimate Spider-Man omnibus. As well, so up to date. I think you're you're there as well, are
0: you? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm fully up to date on Ultimate Spider-Man, <laughs> which means the wait goes on for Volume Three. I mean, I've I've fallen down an Ultimate Universe rabbit hole. It was, I wasn't really a comic reader when this first came around, and you know, Keith described it a little while back. You know, it's sort of not a reboot, but more of an update of the Marvel Universe. It was telling origin tales in the modern world rather than in the '60s and and so on and well, so forth. I mean, forth. the idea was that there was so much. Um, I mean, I, I talked about it in my
1: spider-man starting point years ago back when uh, you couldn't find yeah, any of the books Yeah, exactly i remember uh, the one might be worth re-releasing <laughs> that um but uh yeah i mean the idea at the time was that uh spider-man had so much and they, the fantastic four and iron man had so much background that that you know kids you know who were you know who were Sixteen or eighteen, whenever Spider Man was sixteen or eighteen mm-hmm. or now in their fifties or sixties, so they wanted to make it relevant for 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 Teenagers, kids in the nineties yeah, yeah. and the early two thousands. Uh, you know they. With mobile phones and all of that sort of Mm -hmm. sort of crack. So yeah, they did a
0: great job. I I think it's still relevant today, you know. Well, I mean, Ultimate Spider-Man's always seen as the gold standard of the Ultimate Universe, Mm -hmm. and you know, well deserving of that status. Brian Michael Bendis writes the whole series. Mark Bagley draws the whole series. It's got a remarkable consistency to it. But I've been falling down the Ultimate Universe rabbit hole because, as I say, the weight is uh, not great for Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Three. But I recently finished the Ultimates. Uh, Mark Miller, I mean, and uh, Brian Hitch. Mark Miller, he, if he's not getting royalties from the MCU, I don't know why not, because so much has been taken from that into that and was repurposed and well-utilised in the MCU. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got Ultimate X-Men lined up next, which again is Mark Miller. I think it's uh, Andy Kubert, though, is the artist on this one. Mm-hmm. Andy Kubert or Adam Kubert. It's one or the other. I feel mm-hmm. bad now that I'm not 100% sure in this. But uh, yeah, it's the next one I'll be jumping into, and then hopefully by the time I get round through that, because I have actually dipped into the question by Denny O'Neill in between the Ultimates mm-hmm. omnibuses. But yeah, I mean, there's there's something really nice about Omnibus train it's something I don't think you'd really done until maybe the last year, year no, and a half.
1: I mean, obviously the, there was the Invincible compendiums, but I'd read Invincible prior to that. Um, I mean, I've got a lot of trades, but yeah, absolutely. the 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 Grayson uh, omnibus, I think, was one of the first omnibuses that
0: I... Yeah, Bought from yourself. Um, you were an early Tom King guy before I was a Tom King guy. Well, there you are. Let's see? There you are. You were the founding member <laughs> of Cult of King, not me. Not me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> less chat about what has come before and more about what is coming next. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all this talk about omnibuses says for a reason because... Uh, this month there are a couple of big ones which we'll certainly highlight. But mm-hmm. we always start off the the pod by you know having a little brief overview of the individual books before diving into more detail. Uh, the DC book is part two of Night Terrors. Uh, this month, so DC's big summer event, which is horror based, which still makes no sense to me. It really should have come out in October, yeah. but uh, it's it's the second part. So the DC book's a little strange this month because if you're on Night Terrors, there's loads of great stuff there. You've got the second part of a lot of the mini series and tie-in series. You've got the end of the main series and, and the uh, sort of wrap-up issue of that, which we'll talk about. But other than that there's really not an awful lot I mean one of the biggest titles this month Is actually a re from a few months ago Speaking of Tom Keane which of course we, we will get to uh, And then the main thing with DC for me And we'll go into it is A lot of good graphic novel collections And some good omnibus collections Which we'll certainly get into So yeah it's, it's a relatively anemic DC book this month As I describe it Which is massively under the shadow of a huge packed Marvel it's book That's fairly chunky isn't it? I think it's very chunky. I mean, what's what's the Marvel book looking like this month? Um, well, I mean, as you say, it is a it is a big month uh, for Marvel
1: in August, and you could nearly take two hands to pick up that uh, <laughs> that softback book. Uh, plenty going on. Um, horror writer, uh, horror comic writer, Colin Bunn. uh No uh, well known for such uh, such uh, things as Dark Arc. Um, and he's uh, i mean there's a few other a fair few
0: other yeah he's, independent he's, and marvel stuff that he works done. a lot through boom and works a lot through aw he's a big writer for awa as well mm-hmm. so he, he loves his horror stuff did some aftershock stuff as you say yeah absolutely so he is uh he's killing off the venomverse finally it's been a long time coming uh
1: with a five-part death of the venomverse series as carnage strives to kill off all the venoms uh he's been uh Carnage three, his Ram V series and whatnot has been building his power, and the you know the extreme Carnage and all of those various things. The Summer of Symbiote stuff has been building his power, and I think this is this is the 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 cap point of that. Now it's not for me, but it will be for someone. Um, we also have the contest of Chaos, which kicked off in the Scarlet Witch annual, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't get, but I may have to go and find. Uh, and that's tracking across all of the annuals uh, this summer. It seems to be a throwback to the old. Sort of contest of champions series, which had the was the original series that had all the Marvel heroes pitted against one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this seems to have a wee bit of a a dark hold a magic twist on it involving uh, Agatha Harkness, mm-hmm. because you know it was Agatha all along. Um, uh, so that uh, that's something that's going to be a handy one to pick up because I'm, I'm most of the annuals, most of the series anyway. So, as I understand, you guys sort of put the annuals on as part of the... Yeah,
0: annuals is a tricky one. I always put annuals in people's boxes, but I don't hold them to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we've one guy who actually has said to me strictly, no annuals, but then sometimes you pick one off the rack, which <laughs> really confuses me. But yeah, I think annuals I think annuals in the last few years, Keith and I have talked about this a few times, the quality has definitely risen in the last few mm. years, whether they've been great one-off stories, whether they've had great creative teams on them. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll always put them in. But yeah, if you didn't want them, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold you. Yeah, to I it. mean, this is a this is sort of a classic thing. Marvel have been doing this. They did it. They
1: did it back in the seventies and eighties. They, they, they did it recently, was it Infinite? Well, they Destinies? did. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, Infinite Wars or
1: something. It was. I think it was Infinite, Infinite Destinies, Destinies. Yeah, and they, you know, they cross over parts. So it's it's kind of cool. But it is it is something that they did back in the seventies and eighties mm. uh, with the the High Evolutionary War and different things. So it was. Uh, so it's it's cool to see it back. I think it's a, it's a cool way to use annuals,
0: so they're yeah. not just throwaway, throwaway you know?
1: stuff. Um, Fall of X is very firmly upon us in August, with a raft of number ones and miniseries on that side of things. That
0: mansion is coming back, I'm telling you. Oh, I don't think it is. Oh, uh, that mansion's coming back. That title, Fall of X, is very specific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so those those minis include Dark X Men, which is the Goblin Queen and Havoc. You know, sort of the what was the uh, the Hellions? It's mm-hmm. nearly like a rediscovery of the Hellions with a with a slightly um, limbo twist because mm-hmm. you know so maddie's putting together her own team of x-men we've got astonishing ice Men by Iceman by steve orlando i love the bobby Dreck character by himself i don't love steve orlando <laughs> in writing uh children of the vault is in there and then we've got fall of x crossing into wolverine and x-force by ben percy and the way they've been using those two titles together even recently with the uh the weapons of x which is Beast going off the reservation Mm -hmm. uh, to to protect uh, Krakoa is really cool. Then uh, also through the X-Men book and X-Men Red. And there's also a mysterious classified title nested in the X section of the book. It's a four-issue mini of some kind. Don't worry, Marvel will spoil that two weeks before it comes out on Twitter. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man 31 has given us a double-sized wedding issue. uh, And it's it's the wedding of... uh, Robbie Robertson's kid mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and the the current Beatle who is uh who is Tombstone's kid. Uh so that'll be that'll be interesting. And Dan Slot's Spider-Man, which is is a cool story. They've just moved out of the Spider-Verse stuff, and they're gonna reveal the mystery of Spider-Man's forgotten sidekick, Spider Boy. Uh everything else in the cosmic and the street based Marvel Knight sides of the book continues apace. Uh and we have a pretty strong collected edition game, especially around around the aforementioned spider-man so
0: cool stuff what about the indie section yeah i mean just before jumping on to that indie section i i made this joke in our group chat with dc and and the releases this month where I sort of said, oh, fantastic, a quiet month for my wallet. You know, (laughs) I'll pick up a few of the night terrors, but not all of them. Fantastic. Wait, Marvel, hold my beer. The omnibus section is (laughs) stacked, crazy stacked this month. (laughs) And we will, of course, go into all of those as well. But but yeah, indie-wise, I mean, certainly the big news this month is the fulfillment of an announcement from a few months back, which is a new publisher coming to the table, which is called Distillery Night. Distillery, it's being spearheaded by two guys who um, spearheaded Comixology. Mm -hmm. So they very much introduced digital comics to the mass market. I believe they sold Comixology to Amazon and now Comixology has went downhill. But that was not their doing. They're setting up a new publisher. But what they've done is they have got loads of creators in at the ground level and have called them founding creators. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's so much great talent there. We'll, we'll get into it certainly later, but many of the store's favorite creators are involved. Mm-hmm. Some in, people we've talked to. Some people we've talked to, even people we've had in the store. Mm-hmm. So we'll certainly get into that. People we, A lot of people we met at Thought Bubble last yeah. year as well. <laughs> it's um, almost like, It came together at Thought Bubble. It might have just been. 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 You know, it might have been in that room with a few drinks in between Scott (laughs) Snyder dancing and that sort. Uh, But yeah, they kick things off with a stacked one shot in August and then I think from September they'll be kicking off their titles in earnest. Uh, Image come out swinging this month, of course. Lots of great new titles including a standalone prequel series to a title you may have heard us talk about once or twice before here. Uh, Some fantastic compendium and omnibus collections as well. Whatever you say, you know, whatever you say, Image, that distillery thing sort of does it have the feel of the same as the start of Image did it or? feels it certainly feels as big as it, but it feels more balanced than okay. it because when Image first started it was an artist's and mm-hmm. company. It definitely was. You know, it was, was yeah. Jim Lee, it was Mark Silvestri, it was Rob Liefeld, it was Tom McFarlane, you know, it was Jim Valentino, it was all these guys who were well known for their art. Mm. People look back at early Image now and the stories are not well written. Mm. They are beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And obviously Image evolved over time and Robert Kirkman had a big, big part in that as well. But with Distillery they seem to have attracted a lot of great writers. But also a lot of great artists. So Good. I think you'll see uh, a little bit of both. But I will be curious to see the guys who work for Distillery. Will they shepherd away from Boom mm-hmm, and from Image? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But again, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that a bit more. Yeah. a bit. Uh, but yeah, I know some... I mentioned great omnibuses in the Marvel section. There's also some great compendiums in the Image section, especially this month. Uh, so yeah, Smatter of great stuff throughout the book. And one of the greatest directors of all time is also getting a comic book dedicated to his career, which I'm very much looking forward to. Wow. So, yeah, so that is the brief introduction. So let's have the three-minute uh, breakdown of DC. <laughs> I really can't convey I think this book is... It's a wee bit, yeah. It's quite, It's kind of like a free comic book day, issue. I, you know, well, the Marvel book is genuinely four <laughs> times the size. But anyway, as I say, so we've left Night Terrors on the board in the store Night Terrors number one. It hasn't kicked off yet. It kicks off in July, but the culmination of this Night Terrors event is in August. So what you're essentially getting is issue three and four, which finishes off the four-issue um, miniseries. that's Joshua Williamson on that. That's Joshua yep. Williamson indeed, and Giuseppe Coley, Caspar Weingard, and Stefano Nessi on art. But then you also get a one-shot sort of conclusion to it, uh, which is called Night Terror's Night's End. Once again, Joshua Williamson writing, but Howard Porter on art. Yeah. So... We still have the previews book in the store from the previous month, so you can certainly flick through that if you're you're still not too sure on that, Night uh, That that night, and that's kind of the the uh, the Omega issue. Essentially, a yeah, special yeah. oversized issue, um, but again, I'll be curious to see how much of a is there going to be any sort of lasting ramifications from this series. It does feel very separate to me, but again, we'll we'll certainly know more when the series <laughs> kicks off. But but yeah, all of the tie in series at least there's a nice consistency this time when they did Future State there were some of the issues, uh, some of the series were two issues yeah. some of them were four issues this is all two issues the whole way through so you're getting the culmination of those this month as well so you've got you know Nightwing and Batman and Poison Ivy and Catwoman and the Joker and Harley Quinn and Superman and The Flash etc etc uh, all There's those some slightly odd ones as well, in. isn't
1: there? There's some slightly...
0: Yeah, I mean... That I, aren't necessarily current ongoing series. I say series. odd, I would say interesting. Um, because things like Satana doesn't have an ongoing at the moment, mm-hmm. or even a mini-series. Ravager as well, of course, Deathstroke's Daughter. What even is Angel Breaker? Angel Breaker, that's the thing. So it's nice to see some different stories being mm-hmm. brought in here, rather than just your main ones. I mean, you can certainly ignore things like Punchline. I mean, My Night Terror is a Punchline series existing. Just a wee bit, you know, the...
1: The, the, the new Titans book will only have been going what two or three issues before issues, it, gets, yeah. it gets knocked off
0: for yeah I mean don't get me wrong months. some of the imagery for some of the covers is fantastic mm. I mean that Night Terrors Robin one with you know a Jason Todd in the red hood of the Joker but with a crowbar growing out of him I mean there's there's nods to the past here I do love the idea of the Joker Night Terrors where he's just like a bored guy who sits at home and watches TV <laughs> and is afraid of Batman and is afraid of Batman you know so <laughs> some of the stuff does look interesting maybe I'm being overly harsh on it but Again it hasn't kicked off yet, so we can't fully uh, fully justify on that. But arguably their biggest new number one this month is actually resolicit. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: it's the the only one sort of of the single issues that I have picked out. I think we picked it out the last time as well, but it's worth mentioning again. It's uh Tom King and Rafael Delatory, Torre. Uh, is Penguin number one. Uh, it says revenge is for the birds. After retiring to Metropolis following his death Oswald Cobblepot finds himself forced back into the unpredictable and violent Gotham City underworld as a pawn for the United States intelligence community. Gotham's criminal element has been evolving since he was he was last in the city, with his bastard twin children ruling the Iceberg Lounge uh, and what of the man who uh, he framed for his death. Batman is the Penguin walking into a death sentence. So Tom King, who we all know, uh, Raphael de la Torre. Uh, comes a bloody hard-boiled tale of
0: redemption and revenge. Hard-boiled, that's, uh, that's right there for you. That's in my wheelhouse, and it's, it's interesting as well because obviously I won't go into too many spoilers because you haven't started this week's issues, but Batman 136 is Batman back in his Gotham. Catwoman's broken out of jail, and Catwoman mm-hmm. was there for killing Penguin, but she chats to Batman about how he's not dead. Mm-hmm. and obviously this is a series that's going to explore that so yeah. maybe that's why they've held it back I know we've got a Batman Catwoman sort of crossover event coming so maybe it's to be in line with that which would which would make sense yeah it could be I mean it's interesting Tom King uh, a former CIA operative
1: and uh, Penguin as a pawn of the United States intelligence community <laughs> um, that's uh,
0: that's interesting but yeah, I mean, you've, you've got a couple of interesting Superman ones coming this month. But again, if you're on Superman and Action Comics, I'll, I'll put these in your box. You've got a Superman annual, which is Joshua Williamson writing. Of course, the main series writer uh, with uh, some good artists on there. Mahmoud Azrar, Max Rayner. The Action Comics Presents Doomsday special. I mean, that main cover by Bjorn Berenz is just frankly that ridiculous. That is written by Dan Waters, who is my current one to watch. That's that's not a bad shout. I mm-hmm. uh, recently did the uh, sort of Azrael, wasn't it? Sort of Azrael, and the seasons have teeth. Nah, yeah uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think we'll talk about that in our reviews mm-hmm. pod soon as well. But yeah, there's a couple of series still going throughout Night Terrors that certainly I read. You know, Batman Superman World's Finest, World's Finest Teen Titans, um, Batman Brave and the Bold. Which again, I think we'll talk about in our reviews pod. Uh all of the new We Are Legends stuff which has been great. Yeah. You know, the vigil, City Boy, Spirit World. Those are all hitting their fourth issues. Fourth issue this month. But yeah, I mean the only other thing really to chat about in the DC book is the collected editions, and there are some really good ones this month, I have to say. Uh Nice House in the Lake. Which, of course, won the Eisner Award for Best New Series. Fabulous. 12 issues. They released it as two soft cover trades, six issues in each. This is but a it's, hardcover deluxe, isn't oh, it? Oh, this is a beauty. Um, I mean, hopefully they redo the ending, but we can talk about that later. Uh, yeah, but lovely deluxe hardcover. All 12 issues, all in one go. So that is definitely worth picking up. That's one of the best premises of any comic in the last sort of few years, mm-hmm. I, would, I would argue. Uh, you've got the omnibus coming for Batman and Robin Eternal. Which was a weekly series uh, by James Tinian, Scott Snyder, Tim Seeley, uh, with art by Tony Daniel, Paul Pelletier, Scott Eaton, and others. Mm-hmm. You have um, a Satana tra- trade paperback, which looks good, actually. And that's mainly because Satana is one of my favorite DC characters, yeah. and she is not utilized enough. But you've got this book called Satana and the Ripper, uh, written by Sarah Daly, art by Rachel Coe and Syro. This mm-hmm. seems to be a, a webtoon series, but it's being put into print. You've got Satana in the cover, you've got Constantine in the background, and you've got something to do with Jack the Ripper. I mean, I'm sold. So Yeah, that's actually, that sounds really interesting, yeah. On her 21st birthday, Satana Satara is attacked and bested by a mysterious sorceress. Before the final blow is dealt, her father Giovanni casts a spell of his own, warping the magic of his attacker and sending Satana out of the frying pan and into ye old garbage bin. Satana arrives from Whitechapel, London, in the year 1888. She soon discovers a serial killer plaguing the streets of the city, Jack the Ripper. Unable to return home and certain that the supernatural killer has answers, Satana sets out in pursuit of the Ripper alongside the denizens of Whitechapel and one John Constantine. Oh, the very boy. Yeah, collecting the first 11 episodes of Webtoon's smash hit series optimized for a brand new reading experience in print. So I think that sounds great. It's got a wee, nice wee $15 price point. So Lovely. a nice, uh, nice cheaper trade There's there. another one in there that's interesting. Um... You had
1: mentioned earlier uh, the renaming of uh, what was formerly the Last God by Philip Kennedy Johnson. It was an absolutely epic fantasy, uh, swords and fantasy. sorcery. Yeah, it really was very, very dark sort of fantasy. Uh, it was the first time Philip Kennedy Johnson came to my attention, mm-hmm. and uh, Ricardo Frederiky did some fantastic work on it. So they are re-releasing this as a uh, four hundred and forty-eight page soft cover and uh, it says two fellowships of heroes struggle with the same threat 30 years apart one group will doom their world the other will try to save it 30 years ago a band of heroes traveled beyond the borders of uh, of creation to kill the last living god and save the realm of Canaanun. but when the lost legions of the last god march again and begin to destroy all of Canaanun, it will be revealed that the Ageing Fellowship may not be the great heroes they claim to be. With the world burning down around them, a new group of unlikely champions will come together to try to bring peace to their world. Uh, and they'll have to kill the Last God once and for all, uh, collecting the complete Felspire Chronicles, Book 1 saga, along with song of, Songs of the Lost Children and Tales of the Book of Ages. Now, what's interesting about this is originally it was the Last God, but they have remarketed it as they've taken the Last God title off it. And they've remarketed it as the Felspire Chronicles, Book One, which makes you think
0: there's got to be a book two. Mm. I mean, it was it was always the Last God, the Felspire Chronicles. Yeah, but this is uh, yeah, this it's is interesting. They dropped that. It? That's the thing. If you went back and sourced the single issues, as Keith says, it's called the Last God. But I've ordered, and there is a hardcover already available, which is I think it's ten dollars more expensive than this one but uh it's coming next weekend to the store but again they seem to have rebranded it as the final Spire chronicles even for the mm, hardcover mm-hmm. even before this so uh yeah fell chronicles book one definitely worth mentioning and then just two more for me on the dc book and then we're done in record time <laughs> uh, you have girl year one uh, which is a massively sought after title i get asked about it all the time Uh, It's written by Scott Beanie and Chuck Dixon, with art by the amazing Marcos Martin and Alvaro Lopez, so Meet Gotham's newest battling Batgirl may be untested, but she doesn't take orders from anyone, and it's a term to make a name for herself, one way or another. From writers Scott Beattie and Chuck Dixon, and illustrators Marcos Martin and Alvaro Lopez, this chronicles the early days of Batgirl as she slowly shapes her legacy collects background year one one the nine as well as extensive character and cover sketches so yeah I get asked about that all the time That's a great background mm-hmm. starting point point. and then the other one just to mention uh, I've talked about omnibuses it is also nice when I see a lovely omnibus and I think I've already got that mm-hmm. so I know I don't need the bat again but if you have not indulged yet Batman Nightfall Omnibus 1 is hitting Whoa. Nightfall was it's a chunky story, and there's a little bit of fat to it, but there's a lot of brilliance to it as well. This was a, a massive crossover event for DC. It was done sort of in the around the same time as Death of Superman, uh, but you can't kill Batman, of course. So they had Bean break his back and break his spirit mm-hmm. instead. So the first volume is a nice chunky nine hundred and sixty pager so the dark knight's deadliest enemies have escaped arkham asylum the joker 2 face the mad hatter the riddler poison ivy scarecrow killer croc firefly and zaz one by one batman must face them in mortal combat but lurking at the end of this seemingly endless gauntlet is the deadliest menace of all a mysterious man mounted known as Bane who has one goal to break the bat mm-hmm. so this includes the best-selling storyline from batman issues 484 to 500 batman's shadow of the bat 16 18 batman vengeance of Bane Detective Comics 654 to 666 and Showcase 93 728 highly highly recommend that for some massive intertwined bat goodness. Mm. So Very that good. that's is that's a hardback. That is a hardback yep. omnibus and that is the end of DC.
1: Perfect. I might uh, I might invest in that. I've got some soft covers of Nightfall
0: Part 1 and 2 and Night's End, I think. Yeah, you have Nightfall, Night Quest and Night's Nightquest, End. Yeah, Quest uh, is when uh, Jean-Paul Valley takes over. That's right. But was, he has no problem punishing criminals no, in does, a much more violent that was, way. Uh, that was about the time that everybody was getting a little dark. Um,
1: so is that going to be presented the same way, you think?
0: Yeah, so that's going to be... There's, it's a beautiful omnibus. It has lovely uh, matching spines, new covers by Kelly Jones. Uh-huh. And that'll be printed in the same way by the look of it. So, so Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End. Yeah. Perfect. So I might, I might invest. So yeah, that is DC. Uh, as I say, it's a little bit of a thinner book this month, but Marvel more than make up for it. So why don't you kick us off with a Marvel book?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's kick off with, uh, with the uh, I guess the the headline title um, for Marvel. The for uh, is one of the Fall of X books, and that's uh, I thought it was an ongoing actually, but it's a mini series. It's Uncanny Avengers now. Uncanny Avengers was originally created by Rick Remender mm-hmm. um, and uh, John Cassidy. And the gist of it was that at the time, it was just after AVX, Avengers mm-hmm. vs. X-Men, where in order to unite uh, mutants and, and the, 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 the human heroes of the world. They created the Unity Squad of Avengers, which was a team that was made up of mutants and and human heroes, mm-hmm. current Avengers. So uh, that's what we're going for again today, as the Fall of X calls for the return of the Avengers Unity Squad. Um, this is by Jerry Duggan, who had previously also written uh, a volume of uh, Uncanny Avengers, and art and covers are by Javier Garon. Uh, there are a whole pile of Avengers connecting variant covers by Alex Ross, and X Men connecting covers by Alex Ross, and variant cover by George Perez, weirdly, and uh, a whole lot of stuff. So there's, I you know, a whole raft of, of variant covers here. But innocent people and world leaders are dead. After simultaneous attacks on the US and Krakoan governments. And that means one thing. It's time for a new squad of Avengers. False flag attacks meant to whip up anti-mutant hysteria are unfolding. And hey, some of Steve Rogers' best friends are mutants. Your new, unit, your new unity squad is Captain America, Rogue, Deadpool, Quicksilver, Psylocke and Monet. Uh, they must solve the mystery of who the new murderous Captain Krakoa is. And stop his team of killers from igniting the fires of a new world war. Um so yeah, it looks good, looks looks exciting, looks punchy. Um as with a lot of the titles this month, there is also a bonus page written by Jonathan Hickman, Who Are the Gods, mm-hmm. G O D S, which is obviously some sort of lead in to New that he's uh, the title that he will be
0: doing so a title you're going to get and Deadpool's up. yeah I know I, I know. love how you paused there as you were announcing the the team you went oh, Deadpool. Deadpool
1: yeah absolutely I see uh, yeah it's 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 interesting I wonder will this again link to the weapons of X stuff the stuff that Beast's doing as he's turning into a bit of a bat in fact Beast currently in the current Percy run. Of X-Force of Wolverine is worse than Dark Beast of Edge of Apocalypse ever was. So
0: yeah, Jerry Duggan in this, the man who is leading the uh, the X titles. So that's, uh, that's definitely one for me. Yeah, so Uncanny Avengers there. Definitely the, one of the headline titles of the month for Marvel. Another headline title is certainly this. This is one we're really looking forward to, which is Immortal Thor. Uh, brand new number one. It has Immortal in the title, and it's written by Al Ewing. So cool. this cannot be coincidence, uh, certainly after the amazing Immortal Hulk run. So Al Ewing writing, Martin Cocolo on art, Alex Ross is on board for covers. The usual smattering of variants in there as well. But uh, Al Yun, Martin Kukul, and Alex Ross give the God of Thunder the immortal treatment. So this is going to be your mainline Thor title. Uh, We, of course, had Thor recently by Donny Cates. Torin Grombeck took over, did some great work there. Uh, You had Nick Klein doing a lot of the art there. Nick Klein, of course, is going over to the Incredible Hulk. um, Coming out soon as well with Philip Kennedy Johnson, I think. That's right, yeah. Top of my head. So, yeah, so Immortal Thor. In North Smiths, they called him Thunder. Um, Vor, has he been called? And Hloridi, that's probably... Butcher that pronunciation. <laughs> uh, the gods know him as Asgard's king, keeper Mjolnir, hero of the tales. When injustice grips the earth and ancient powers bring down the sky, he fights for those who cannot. And when the tale is done, we will know what it cost him. This is the story of the immortal Thor. Plus, a bonus page written by yeah, Jonathan Hickman. Absolutely. Are the it's, gods. Uh, you know, Al Ewing's been doing a lot of interviews around this,
1: and he's saying that you know, the, the naming of, of the project as Immortal Thor is not a subtle thing. Uh, and he has said that. This is his version of throwing down the gauntlet, Mm -hmm. and if he has his way, Immortal Thor won't just equal Immortal Hulk; it will surpass it. Uh, He says that putting a mortal on a book I'm writing is a promise to the reader and to myself. Uh, I was the one who pitched the title, not editorial, not anyone else. Was it basically a self challenge? Can I do a book like that again? Can I do my end of it better this time? I have to try because the alternative is just to lie down and let the grass grow where I fall.
0: Very poetic. Uh, but you've got some lovely preview pages here for it as well. And as you say, Al Ewan's going to be throwing absolutely everything at this. I mean, I think I'd seen that article. He said that it was, yeah, it's his idea to put that t- mm-hmm. title there. It would have been an easy sell, obviously, for editorial to kind of go, oh, you're the immortal guy. Yeah, yeah, let's stick immortal. Uh-huh. But as you say, he's thrown that challenge uh, to himself. Uh, You'd mentioned in the intro Death of the Venomverse, so I just thought I'd throw a wee bit of info out on that. Uh, Death of the Venomverse is a weekly title in the month of August. Uh, As you mentioned before, Colin Bunn on writing, Gerardo Sandoval on art uh, for the first issue. Seems to be involved in the other issues as well. You've also got some uh, co-writers in here. David Michelini knows a thing or two about Venom. venom, (laughs) Knows a thing or two right there. We see The Return of Null coming back in one way or another. Um, But yeah, I wanted to mention this because as I say, it's a weekly title. It's five issues and there is a free to order connecting cover, which is simply glorious. It is by Gabrielle Delotto. And it essentially shows every major symbiote from the last 30 plus years you know you've agent venom in there you've venom mm-hmm. rex you've got the Keenan black you've got of course venom himself you've got carnage you've got all these different uh venoms and you that is venom f- from paradise x i mean you could probably name them all better than i could so yeah it's a five issue connecting varying cover but that's the kind of one that if you you did want that the earlier we know the better because there'd be nothing worse than having issue one two and then mm. maybe the orders are wrong for three or four you know you know i said i i said i wasn't interested in this but uh I'm coming around. I'm coming around. As, has a cover swayed you? Or was, <laughs> it, a, or was it David kinda, David Michelini? Michelini? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it could be interesting. Anyway. But uh, yeah, so as I say, just be aware that that is a weekly title. So a new issue will come out month to month for that. So that is Death of the Venomverse. Yeah, absolutely. I say we've got a lot going on with the uh, with the, the annuals this
1: year, with the, the Contest of Chaos, Spider-Man Annual, Iron Man Annual, Fantastic Four Annual, Moon Knight Annual, um so there's uh there's a lot a lot going on there um and then as I said we mentioned the Fall of X stuff but another one of the Fall of X titles that is really interesting me again you know you follow creators but whenever the creators in a book that you really enjoy that's also good and I have always been a sucker for Alpha flight uh obviously John Byrne uh took that into the stratosphere back in the 80s and uh, I think there's a hardcover out I think this month I might, in, yeah uh, I might go for it but uh Ed Breeson. Uh, who is uh, you know is is doing the large work in a lot of different uh, books? Ghost Rider especially. Ghost Rider especially. Yeah. Uh, is on Alpha Flight number one of five. Uh, Scott Godlewski, uh, who uh, is also a Canadian uh, artist, I believe, uh, is on the art. And it's saving Canada from the mutant menace. Guardian, Puck, Snowbird, and Shaman return as a terrestrial Alpha Flight bursts onto the scene. Now these are the, so the original Alpha Flight. Uh, but what schism will place these heroes against their former teammates Aurora, North Star, and Nemesis, as well as Aurora's bow, Fang? The fall of X has changed the game and Alpha Flight, and will Alpha Flight soar to new heights or be crushed under the weight of an impossible mission? I'm really looking forward to this. I just love that there's a superhero called Puck. He's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Puck's a really interesting character. Actually, oh yeah, um, he uh, he was a huge tarring sort of a sort of a fella and he's really old um, and he was possessed by the uh, by the the spirit of a demon I think which was called Razor mm-hmm. and in order to contain the demon his body shrunk down to like a tiny sort of three foot tall uh, I super, thought you were going to say super dense. A super a hockey puck uh, yeah he's, really uh, <laughs> but that's what he does he kind of throws his super dense form at people he's a, oh, he's okay. a really interesting character um, in addition uh, also sticking in the Fall of X sort of stuff is the Realm of X number one of four I mentioned because our buddy Torin Gronbeck is a writer. Uh, Diogenes uh, Neves is the artist, and leaping straight from this stu- beautiful
0: cover, I think is worth mentioning is from Dies ah, Stephanie. Hans. Yes,
1: Stephanie Hans. Um, that's uh, that is beautiful. Some great characters on it there as well. Leaping straight from the, uh, the astonishing events of this year's Hellfire Gala, which I'm still looking forward to reading. Uh, the unlikely team of Magic, Mirage, Morrow, Dust, and Typhoid Mary find themselves stranded in Vanaheim. And what's even more confusing, the locals seem to believe that they hold the key to fulfilling a prophecy that can either raise the realm to riches or cause it to fall to ruin. With magic's powers malfunctioning and a mysterious figure amassing power on the outskirts of the realm, these X-Men are going to have to band together if they want to stay alive
0: long enough to find their way home. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning there with Fall of X, there is a huge checklist in the uh in the book, you know, it's going across things like Alpha Fly, which Keith had mentioned, and Realm of X, but you've also got Astonishing Iceman, you've got Children of the Vault, Dark X Men, Immortal X Men, Invincible Iron Man, Gene Grey. Invincible Gregg. Iron Man's in there. Yeah, um, that I, makes I, sense. Jerry Duggan is writing
1: Invincible Iron Man, and the story in Invincible Iron Man has a new generation of Sentinels created by
0: Start Tech, but yeah. not by Tony yeah and actually is very very good despite Mm -hmm. having Iron Man What do you want to say again it's very good in spite of (laughs) Iron Man (laughs) but yeah you have other titles in there Uncanny Avengers Uncanny Spider-Man well that has not been announced yet has it no but we know at this stage that Uncanny Spider-Man is going to be Nightcrawler then you've also got Wolverine, X-Force, X-Men X-Men Red issues so it's just worth uh, having a little look if you're into the Fall of X stuff there is a lovely checklist there Marvel have very helpfully provided because it does look like they're throwing a lot at it. it certainly does so uh we move away from that and we'd mentioned there Ed Brisson and we'd mentioned um I, I say Ed Brisson's on Ghost Rider. Is it not Benjamin Percy on Ghost Yes, Rider? Ed Brisson was on Ghost Ghost Rider. On Ghost Rider yeah, yeah, you were right, you were right. That's right to a degree. Uh but yeah, no, one I'm definitely looking forward to, and one that seemed to set the internet comic community on fire, which I'll mention in a second. Uh you've got a lovely crossover Ghost Rider Wolverine weapons of vengeance. Alpha number one. So there's going to be a crossover through the Ghost Rider books and through the Wolverine books, which Benjamin Percy is writing both of. He's got a brilliant artist on this with him, Jeff Shaw, big fan. Uh, Rand Stegman is doing a cover for this. The reason it set the internet comic community on fire is because Frank Miller is doing a cover, uh, which artists jumped out and defended every (laughs) last fiber of it and said (laughs) it is not Frank Miller's job to draw perfect, you know, muscular. You know, supermodel looking Wolverine. It's his interpretation of a character. If you no, don't no, like no. it, that's fine. But yeah, they've used that excuse before, haven't they? Please? Oh, but the thing is, I really like the cover, but, you know, I, I'll defend Frank Miller an awful lot. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a crossover event uh, that's going to go through the Wolverine book, through the Ghost Rider book, but also with this uh, alpha stuff. So. Logan and Blaze, the weapons of vengeance. Logan's the best there is at what he does. And what he does as the deadly Wolverine isn't very nice. When innocent blood is spilled, Johnny Blaze becomes the Ghost Rider equipped to deal punishment with the power of Hellfire. A demonic serial killer is murdering innocent mutants. But what is it about this deadly new villain that forces our two heroes to team up? And what buried secret does he share with Wolverine and Ghost Rider's never before seen very first meeting in the past? So get ready for the claws, chains, and Vance because kids love chains. As only <laughs> Benjamin Percy and Jeff Shaw can bring in this four-part epic. So that's kicking off with a lovely forty pager there, and then as I say, that's going to run through the Ghost Rider and Wolverine titles as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The uh,
1: years ago was it the early nineties? Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher teamed up in a book <sighs> called Hearts of Darkness. Uh, where they were up against uh, Blackheart so I wonder if they any reference to that I don't know if they've been together since Yeah, bring Punisher back please, it ended
0: recently and I'm quite sad ah, I read it so well, but that's maybe a reviews chat rather than a previews chat is, it, uh, it was very good, I think they'll maybe leave them maybe leave them be B for a wee while Do, See, I've talked to someone about this in store just to throw this out, maybe we'll see this in a previews catalogue coming soon, but I mean, Marvel have been doing all this great work recently with five-issue miniseries set in, like, 90s continuity uh-huh. and 2000s continuity. That's all you need to do. Give Garth Ennis a five-issue miniseries, set it in the early 2000s, and suddenly you you take away a lot of these problems of not of how The Punisher fits in the modern world mm. because you're writing it in a different era. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well... Anyway, um, speaking of someone who fits in the modern world... Oh, uh, segue, that's just... (laughs) (laughs) Mwah, chef's kiss. Thank you, sir. We have Captain America finale number one now. Sorry to see this. Sorry to hear this news. I thought Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing were going to be on Cap for a good long time. But the uh, the twosome are stepping off with uh, Captain America finale with uh, art and covers by Carmen Carnero. It's Cap's final stand. Captain America takes his final stand against the outer circle. Uh, using information gathered from friends on the inside, Steve Rogers sets his sights on releasing the world from the outer circles' influence in and ending the century game for good. The explosive conclusion to the groundbreaking story of Sentinel and Liberty is here, and you won't want to miss it. That's right, I certainly won't. It's forty forty pages. It's a one shot. Um, lovely cover there, but yeah, sad, sad to see the boys S- stepping sort off. Of
0: came out of nowhere, didn't it? We we had sort of settled in for what we thought was going to be a really long run. And then they've just decided to stay. I mean, they're obviously doing other stuff as well, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they've been doing bits and pieces for DC with Batman Beyond, and, and they're on the Star Wars uh, stuff. Yeah,
1: Star, sorry, Star Trek stuff. At the and minute. like
0: any creators, you know, they'll be doing
1: they'll be doing their own indie yeah, stuff. as It just monster. sort of makes me excited, also, for what might be coming up that hasn't been announced
0: yet. You know, because they are hot. They're they're hot. A the hot creative team at the minute. And speaking of what has been announced, I mean, as much as we're not looking forward to that ending, the successor. For captain america has been announced and right. that was another surprise mm-hmm, absolutely looking uh, good so uh we'll mention on the future previous pod, i'm sure uh continuing this month as well is marvel have started this series of what if dark uh one shots i mean what ifs in general tend to be dark anyway. Yeah, yeah this is why this title confuses me yeah but anyway there's a couple of really good looking ones this month i think you've got what if dark venom and what if Dark Moon Knight? Now, what if Dark Venom is written by Stephanie Phillips? Mm-hmm. Another creator I think is definitely worth keeping an eye on her work. She's been doing some great stuff. Uh, Jethro Morales. Uh, I'm not too familiar with their work, but they've definitely got a superhero name there, but that's her name. <laughs> so what if Ben Grimm became Venom? When Ben Grimm returns to Earth after his exploration of space post-Secret Wars, Ooh. he finds that the Fantastic Forest trapped a helpless Clintar symbiote in Reed's lab. But is that symbiote really helpless or is it truly one of the most dangerous symbiotes in the galaxy? Witness the birth of a brand new Venom. And then the What If Dark Moon Knight is written by Erica Schultz with Edgar Salazar on art. What if Moon Knight did not survive his battle with Bushman? When Khonshu's avatar is slain a different god and their own surprising new champion. From the darkness emerges a new force to light the way, Luminary. But will her quest for revenge against Moon Knight's killer result in her own downfall? So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying I am enjoying anything Moon Knight related at the mm. moment. Uh, which again unfortunately is coming to an end soon. Jen Mackay has mentioned that he's uh, starting off a new arc. Nicely titled Night's End, given what we just uh-huh. talked about in Batman recently. But uh, anything Moon Knight related and I I enjoy the what if stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah, one oh, yeah. shots
1: uh-huh. always good. Yeah, hundred percent. Um so yeah I mean over the past over the past wee while uh, the past few years Peter David has been uh, rolling out uh, his symbiote Spider-Man whether that was the King of Black stuff or whether it was you know so it's, it's Crossroads I think yeah exactly so there was a series of them they're all these sort of five issue series they're a wee bit sort of nostalgia pieces yeah uh, for the most part uh, and the new one has got me really excited so again Peter David is writing uh, Roger Antonio on art with covers by Lionel Uh but it is Symbiote Spider-Man 2099 so one of my favourite heroes and that's I'm being written one. by one of your favourite writers exactly. instead of Ooh. instead of Steve <laughs> Uh you know that's a, that's a struggle for me that's a struggle for me everyone <laughs> comic legend Peter David of The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man 2099 of course Peter David created, created. Spider-Man 2099 and uh, I have a a brick sitting next door that uh, is it's the holiday reading right the, there uh, in fact it would be lovely if Rick Leonardi was the uh, was the, the art- artist in this but he triumphantly turns to the pen the next epic chapter of the symbiote saga alongside artist Roger Antonio of Carnage carnage fame. This time set your time circuits ahead to the techno-dystopian future of 2099. Miguel O'Hara aka Spider-Man 2099 is, feeling, is facing a hostile takeover of his own body. Cron Stone, the venom of 2099, wages an all-out assault on Alchemax and the only hope of stopping him lies with the power awakened by a top-secret project gone terribly wrong what must Miguel sacrifice to seal the bond with his new symbiote his body his mind his very soul uh, again that is a five issue miniseries by uh, Spider-Man 2099 creator Peter David and continuing that line of that line of, uh, of pieces um, so moving on through the book um, there is plenty going on uh, we've got the continuation of the new Incredible Hulk series continuation of Miles Morales uh, the uh, penultimate chapter of Dan Waters' Uh, Loki Mini, uh, all as well in the cosmic side of the, the Marvel Universe with the Fantastic New Guardians of the Galaxy series, uh, Warlock series and so forth. Avengers and Scarlet Witch, Fantastic Four, Daredevil all continue apace.
0: Although it is probably worth mentioning just on Daredevil there. Uh-huh. This month sees the end. This is the last issue of Daredevil from Chip Zdorsky and Marco Ciccetto. As they finish off their run, they have announced the new creative team with Salad and Ahmed taking mm-hmm. over Daredevil after this. And I do kind of wonder if we're about to see an announcement for Chip Zdarsky exclusive to DC, mm. because he has nothing lined up with Marvel and he has lots lined up with DC. He's just in a similar way Tom yeah, Taylor yeah. did it. But this is the end of a maybe five, four year run, five yeah, year yeah, run, yeah. and yeah. and it has been talked about a lot on our podcast. Certainly, yeah, it's been a great, been a great run. I have, I have heard interviews with Chip. Uh,
1: saying that he's sort of segwaying out of comics generally Mm -hmm. Um, but very clever the end with a double D with a double D Uh, very very good Uh, so yeah worth uh, worth mentioning certainly but just swinging into the uh, Star Wars corner of the universe um, I mean I'm loving uh, before we had the 20th Century Fox stuff the you know Predator Planet the Apes uh, Alien Declan's Declan's second issue was phenomenal but uh, we have Charles Soule and Luke Ross Charles Soule obviously is shepherding the uh star wars side of the universe but we've got dark droids number one which i believe is a one-shot kicking off a crossover throughout the star wars universe um who or what is the scourge and why is no droid safe as a corruption spreads from one droid to the next the rebellion and the empire face chaos what role does ajax sigma play in all of this and whose side is he on find out what horror comes to a galaxy far far away charles soul continues his legendary run on star wars with the most ambitious event in star wars comics history joined by his war of bounty hunters collaborator luke ross the superstar team carves a new path for the future now this doesn't say it's a one shot it does say it's 79 pages and uh throughout the other books um you know the star wars book uh the darth vader book the dr afra book the bounty hunters books they're all Dark Droids tie-ins. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a one-shot then. Setting it up Setting and then it up, runs know, through it. And I don't think you have to pick up every one. I think it's just the Dark Droids thing, the Scourge thing, will be impacting yeah. those particular books. So so that's kind of interesting as well. So then we, uh, we get ourselves into the collected edition we do we
0: we get our part we we basically move into the alan's wallet is crying part (laughs) of the book this is what i was talking about when i said marvel saying hold my beer Um, omnibuses this month are off the charts amazing we've got a we've got a couple to mention here i've got at least three to mention keith's got a few to mention but you know you kick things off with you know two of marvel's biggest events hitting omnibus form First of all, you've got A Judgment Day Omnibus Coming. Uh, this, of course, was written mostly by Karen Gillan um, with art by Valerio Chiti. Uh uh-huh. But then you had tons of tie-in books to this from the likes of Al Youn, Benjamin Percy, Jerry Dugan, Keith's favourite, Steve Orlando. He'll just skip those pages. <laughs> Seb Wells, Kelly Thompson. You've got art by Pasquale Ferry, Michelle Bandini, Stefano Caselli, etc, etc. So this was the Avengers X-Men Eternals crossover uh, that came out. So you've got that hitting in January. Of more interest to me out of the two events is Devil's Reign getting an omnibus. Devil's Reign for me, it was sort of an ode to Civil War, if you will, but I thought it was fantastically done. I mean, it was basically Daredevil versus Kingpin turned into a Marvel event, which is uh, is good with me. Written by Chip Darsky with art by Marco Cecchetto, so the Daredevil team. But again, you had these crossover issues with the likes of Zach Thompson working on them, Clay McLeod Chaplin, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, who we just mentioned, Jared Dugan uh artists on there including alessandro Capuccio, who's the great artist on moon Knight, perry perez etc but this one especially i will be getting even though i've read it recently i thought this event was absolutely superb and uh there were one or two of the ties i missed mm. so this is a 656 page bad boy i should say judgment day is even bigger it's 904 pages uh, whereas devils are in 656 pages we turn the page there, and we go straight back into Keith's childhood. Oh,
1: absolutely! This is very much my era, and I mean, this was much maligned. Has been much maligned, uh, but I think the years have sort of uh, years have been kind. Uh, increased, and uh, we get a lot yeah. of requests for this story. You know, it definitely. Whatever you think about it, it is legendary, and that's Spider-Man: The Clone Saga. Sagna. Saga. Sagna. Sagna? The Clone Saga, in fact. Uh, Omnibus Volume One, hardcover. It has got a Mark Bagley cover, and it's a new printing. Uh, written by Terry Cavana, J.M. Dumas, Tor DeZago, Hard Mackey, Tom DeFalco, Tom Lyle, Tom Brevoort, uh, amongst others. And a, a raft of pencilers including Steve Butler, Liam Sharp, uh, Mark Bagley, John Romita Jr., Sal Buscema. Uh, a whole lot there. One of the most explosive sagas in comics history, that's no lie. Uh, Peter Parker's world is rocked like never before by the return of his clone, long thought dead. For years, the clone has lived in peace as Ben Reilly. But now he'll be drawn back into the wall-crawling action as the Scarlet Spider. But who or what is Cain? Both Peter and Ben are caught in a web of death spun by the Jackal. And their power and responsibility will be tested to the limits. And this villain's game of Smoke and Mirrors raises the question, just who is the real Amazing Spider-Man? It collects a whole raft of stuff from Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Unlimited, uh, a bunch of miniseries from around the time, it is one thousand two hundred and forty pages, uh, and I don't know if I can I can avoid it. And it's very clever what they've done there in the in the uh, solicitation, because uh, they talk about a web of death, which was one of the names of the miniseries. Mm-hmm. They talk about um, power and responsibility, which was another miniseries. They talk about smoke and mirrors, which was yeah another mini series. So so very very clever. But the uh, the partner piece to this. Is Spider-Man, Ben Riley Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover. Again, you know, a, a similar create a similar set of creative teams. And there's a new wall crawler in town. Meet Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, and that still that remains the coolest costume in Spider-Man history. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, the Scarlet Spider, who recently learned he's not a clone of Peter Parker after all, he's the original. And when Pete decides to to hang up his web shooters, Ben retakes the job as Spider Man. There's no shortage of folks to fight, including the new Duck Ock. Venom, Mysterio, Tombstone, Sandman Cain, Carnage and more but while Ben wears the revamped red and blue as Spidey what does the old Parker luck have in store for Peter and the pregnant Mary Jane uh, there was four issue and two issue uh, series whenever whenever Peter stepped away Web of Spider-Man became Web of Scarlet Spider Spider-Man mm-hmm. became Scarlet Spider there was the amazing Scarlet Spider, the specular Scarlet Spider, this was around the time that the new Green Goblin came about which was a fantastic series, I get every issue of it uh, whenever J. Jonah Jameson's nephew took over the role of Green Goblin and became a hero, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, which was very cool. Uh, so there's a whole lot of cool stuff here. This is one thousand three hundred and four pages. So these so are two
0: thousand five hundred page pluses in total. These
1: are two chunky puppies. It says volume one, but I think these are the only volumes. I think you know this will be the Clone Saga in Totality. Uh, I think anyway, and this will certainly be Ben Riley in
0: Totality. So uh, yeah, great stuff. I'm I'm. I don't think I can avoid those. I think that's going to be an expensive month though. <laughs> well, it's good because they've got one out in December and one out in January, so you know what your Christmas and New Year readings are. Well, be. that is that's good. Those are those are early solicits. I hadn't okay. noticed that. That's fantastic. Omnibuses in general tend to be early solicits. Um what you'll find when you have like Image Compendiums or Omnibuses there for that month. But when it comes to Marvel and DC, because these are expensive bad boys to put together, they're always advanced solicits. Yeah. What's also cool to keep an eye out for, and this is true of uh, Devil's and Judgment Day, and the two Keith mentioned, Spider-Man, uh, there's always uh, a normal cover, which is your mass market cover, and there's what's called a DM cover. That's direct market cover, so it's only available in comic book stores. So you can always check out, and we can order either or if you, if you have a preference. Mm-hmm. But you would think the Omnibus glory would stop there. Nope, we turn the page <laughs> and there's two more for Alan. Um, the first one being finally a reprint of Daredevil by Wade and Sam, the Omnibus Volume 2. I've had Volume 1 for a long time. I have all the single issues, like. but there's just something... It's, it's worth mentioning with what Keith was talking about with the Spider-Man one there and what I mentioned with Nightfall. These were complicated runs to follow when they came oh, out hugely, because they went across so many yeah. titles. You had, uh, you had, you know, in
1: that clone saga, you had part one of Web of Death in uh, Web of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. part two in Amazing, part three in Spider-Man and part four in Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's the way it ran. So, you know, the, the, the way it worked across the four weeks of the month, Web came out in week one
0: amazing week two you know so that's how they but yeah hugely complicated to follow and, and complicated if you're a collector and want to go back and collect those issues so you yep. have the whole thing and i found the same thing with nightfall so these omnibuses that's what's so great about them they they reprint them in reading order for a start uh, but they also collect everything together for you so it takes a lot of the stress out of it but uh, but yeah, as I say, there's The Daredevil by Wade and Sammy, Omnibus Volume 2. This, of course, was the second volume of Wade and Sammy, where uh, Matt Murdock went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, which was just a really different take on Daredevil. It was a lighter take. Mm. Um, so, Mark Wade and Chris Sammy's acclaimed the Eisner Award winning run reaches its dramatic conclusion. Can Matt Murdock possibly juggle his dual identities while also dealing with best friend Foggy Nelson's fight against cancer? Oh, there's so many fields in this <laughs> room. As Daredevil, he'll be aided by the Silver Surfer, the Indestructible Hulk, and the Legion of Monsters. As he will have his world turned upside down, sending him across the country to build a new life in sunny San Francisco. But old haunts and familiar faces threaten to wreck DD's fresh start, including the Deadler, the Never Isle, the Shroud is a rival vigilante, and the purple children are like nothing he's ever faced before. Uh-huh. And as the shocking climax approaches, one of Daredevil's oldest enemies makes his return. So yeah, this was the, the the final part of Volume 1, and then all of Volume 2 into omnibus form. The first omnibus is due in the next couple of months, actually, in case you haven't got on mm-hmm. that. You may have heard me say before, it's my favourite ever Daredevil. I think you've mentioned that time or two. I may have done so. But as if that's not enough, there's another one. Uh, Spider-Man by Chip Zdarsky, Omnibus Hard Cover. Uh, this is glorious. And when I mention DM covers, this is why. That Chip Zdarsky cover is amazing and in that's, its simplicity. That's, that's the life story sort of cover. Yeah, that's the life story style, isn't it? So cool in its simplicity, I have to say. But yeah, this is all of uh, Chip Zdarsky Spider-Man being put into one volume. So what you've got in here... He did a run on Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man, he did a run on uh, Spider-Man Life Story of course we've talked about before, he did Spider Shadow, Uh, there's some material from the free comic book day from Secret Empire. So tons in here, 928 pages, that's a lot of Spidey by Mm -hmm. Chip. Celebrated writer Chip Zdarsky puts Peter Parker front and center as all of his unmissable Spider-Man stories are collected in one package. I'm surprised that doesn't have a bracket, it's like haha or something like that. <laughs> you know, Chip usually writes yeah. his own solicits. <laughs> Not in this case, I don't think. Spidey and his old pal, the human torch learn that the keen pin is still a force to be reckoned with. The web slinger lands right in the middle of the Tinker's family feud peter's sister returns j jonah jameson makes a shocking discovery and they all end up in a world without spider-man where norman osborne reigned supreme plus sadarski teams with legend mark bagley to tell peter's life story as if he aged in real time and what if spidey never took off the symbiote suit so yeah that is all of it collected all in one i mean i've never read the spectacular stuff Um, that'll be spider what if spider shadow that yeah yeah Yeah. that's Mm -hmm. in there as well so um, on Spectacular he did six issues and then he did another 14 so I've never read that for example Yeah. yeah. so yeah that is uh, an omnibus tastic Marvel filled book you know there's some good trades towards the back as well um, Keith spotted another omnibus maybe yeah I'm just, uh, just <laughs> having a wee look
1: I mean there's a there's a, a new Louise Simonson New Mutants and uh, Chris Claremont New Mutants omnibus in there it's pretty cool uh, the masterworks are paring ahead they're collecting cold war and uh you know in, in trade paperbacks but uh i think that sort of calls an end to the uh to the marvel book what do you think i think it does uh i think my wallet can stop crying for mm-hmm. a little while there is i mean that uh they do their, their epic collections which are the you know the, the the softback uh volumes and we're moving in with Ghost Rider into volume six which is the uh, hard mackie javier Salteras. so that's where they introduced danny rand so if you wanna, if you want some some good Danny quality, Ketch. Danny Danny Ketch, sorry, I thought you were uh, about to tell me, Iron
0: fist had become the Ghost Rider. Yeah, Club. that was so that was the nineteen ninety,
1: <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider. So that uh, that 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 would be my Ghost Rider, uh, if you know what I mean. So that that's kind of a cool one, but yeah, that uh, that uh, that brings us to an end does, uh, of so. the
0: the the giant Marvel book, which took twice as long. I think it took about four times as long, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> So yeah, so that is DC, that is Marvel, and of course, as ever, we'll go on to the indie books. So indie books broken down into all the individual publishers, you know, we're going to be talking Image Comics, we're going to be talking Boom, we're going to be talking AWA, Massive Publishing, that new company, Distillery, of course, and also something that has us quite excited, excited from cartoon books as well. Actually, it's not, it's graphics that is true Mm -hmm. actually cartoon books were the original publisher for this series Mm -hmm. but graphics are uh, for more of this series but we'll get to that in a second as ever we'll kick it off with image just because image always have the biggest presence in the indie book and they have some great looking stuff this month first up uh, as ever you know we talk about it all the time follow creators everyone who knows me knows I'm a huge fan of Rick Remender he has been doing pumping out amazing work in image comics for over a decade now and he has a new series coming up which I have to say thank you to uh, store regular Andy, who got me the free comic book day issue of this because we never received ours in the store. Oh. And he went out of his way to order one online for me and he gave it to me today. So lovely! it's a little bit of a taster of The Sacrificers. So this is Rick Remender's new, um, new title launching. It's a dystopian science fiction piece, art by Max Fiumara, uh, Dave McCaig on colors. Of course, Dave McCaig, very oh. well known at the moment for doing The Walking Dead Deluxe. Uh, So this is the expansive world building of stories like Glow and Tokyo Ghost meets the sci-fi heart of beloved series Black Science. So tomorrow is a harmonious paradise thanks to five families who make everything perfect for the price of one child per household. Now as that bill comes due, a son expected to give everything for a family that never loved him, and an affluent daughter determined to destroy utopia must unite to end one generation's unnaturally protracted reign. New York Times bestselling writer Rick Remender, of course of *Low*, Deadly Class, Tokyo Ghost, etc., etc. Uncanny X-Force, joins forces with superstar artist Max Fiomara, who's worked on Amazing Spider-Man, Lucifer, Four Eyes, to take you through the dark science fiction world of The Sacrificers. There are a raft of variant covers for this. They mm-hmm. have brought in some of the best artists around. Now, a lot of them are actually um, incentive variants, so maybe a lot of them won't apply to us, but I hope I get enough orders that I can at least get that cover D, Jenny song cover, uh-huh. uh, a, a favorite artist of mine. If we could make it up to 50 copies, guys, I'd really appreciate it. Mike Mignola has done a cover. That's <laughs> Williams, the third cover will be. It'd be great. That's the yep. gentleman on Echo Lands, of, amongst others. Echo Lands, at Salmon Sam and Overture, mm-hmm. of course, as well. So the preview pages for this look glorious. I'm really looking forward to tucking into that uh, free comic book day issue that Andy was so uh, so generous to get me. But there is a big one this oh, month. Oh yeah, one I think that we're both looking for. Maybe the highlight. I think this may be the highlight of the entire book, and it's one that
1: uh, it's one that Jack. Jack Phillips, uh, whenever we were at Thought Bubble, uh, teased to us. May have mentioned something. Uh, you know, and this is the Enfield Gang Massacre number one of six. It's a series from uh, the, uh, the That Texas Blood team of Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Jack is on Art and covers. The That Texas Blood duo returned to Ambrose County, Texas with an all-new miniseries set 150 years in the past. Gunslinging action meet dark frontier drama in this original Western thriller as Montgomery Enfield and his gang of outlaws find themselves in the crosshairs of an aging Texas Ranger and a newborn county that's late, that's hungry for law. Uh it's a crime and mystery slash historical fiction. No country for old men meets breaking bad in this standalone Western era spin-off from the best-selling that Texas blood team. So
0: I like all those words.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, I mean if you haven't been on that Texas Blood. Uh, you just you just haven't been listening to the the preaching we've been doing, <laughs> uh, but uh, the uh, first three trade paperbacks are offered again, uh, and this will follow on. And I believe then there's uh, there's plans for further
0: that Texas Blood once once this is done. Yeah, it's nice to see that the expansion of that world in a really interesting way. You know they could have easily just done something with Sheriff, you know Joe Bob and all that sort of stuff. But it's nice that they went all the way back to the formation of. Uh, of Ambrose County, so yeah, I love that takes But yeah, such time,
1: absolutely. Um, I should mention uh, one of my favourite books. Um, in recent years, uh, and that is a it's a resolicit of Arrow Smith, so smart in their fine uniforms, uh, volume one uh, as a trade paperback. The story is by Kurt Busiek, the art is by Carlos Pacheco, and the uh, just it was just it's just a fantastic classic fantasy adventure epic set in an alternate World War 1 where young Fletcher Arrowsmith learns the true cost of war in an alternate history where dragons and magic spells are as much a part of World War 1
0: as bullets and barbed wire. Um, yeah, there was a hard cover of that which is still available, but this is obviously their way of, you know, putting it in into trade paperback format, slightly cheaper format. But also I think they've only released the second one in trade paperback so far.
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah, so this matches so this collects Aerosmith Volume One, number one to six, um, and then there was Aerosmith Behind Enemy Lines, which uh, was released uh, not too long ago, not too long, last year, and that was six issues and was sadly uh, one of Carlos Pacheco's final works. Uh, this was a uh, creator-owned Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pacheco, and uh, so I imagine that will be the last we'll be seeing of the Aerosmith world. So I would jump on this and the Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, trade paperback. This was one of the one of the most creative things I've read in a long time. Uh, you haven't read it yet. Nope. I think you should. I think you'd enjoy it. And uh, I mean, Carlos Pacheco, a legend, who we sadly we sadly lost uh, last year. Um, also, uh, under the dystopian science fiction uh, sort of line, we have one of Images Fine Compendiums, which are the the lovely chunky softbacks of which yeah. I have Invincible.
0: Walking mm-hmm. Dead or yeah. mm-hmm. big sellers, Black Science came out. Yeah. Saga came yeah. out in this format. This is this is as much images format as Marvel have for their omnibuses or DC have for their absolutes. Yeah, Um they always tend to come in under sixty dollars. Uh huh. You know, sixty fifty dollars there thereabouts, and they just are full collections of some of their longest runs. Mm. Uh, one of the best. If you're going to commit to a series, I always say this is the best way to collect them. Like uh, Walking Dead an example. So Walking Dead compendium will have. The equivalent of um, eight trade paperbacks in it. Eight trade paperbacks individually will run you close to hundred pound there, thereabouts. Mm. The compendium's fifty-five. So if you're going to commit okay. to it, it's the best, most cost-effective way. That's, they're lovely.
1: They're lovely actually. So this is the low compendium. It collects low number one to twenty-six, which is the whole tale, I think. The whole. uh seven hundred and twelve pages. Uh stories by Rick Remender, art and cover by Greg Tuccini and Dave McKeag. There's that name again. In the far future, our Sun has begun its inevitable expansion process, scorching Earth's surface with extreme radiation. Humanity is sent to hide in the lowest depths of the sea, waiting in protected domed cities, while probes scour the universe for inhabitable planets. Generations later, a returned probe finally crashes on Earth's surface, now a hostile and alien place that no human has seen in eons. It falls uh, to Cain, a lone mother and the last scientist, to rise from these depths, reunite her shattered family, and find salvation for a people who've lost all hope. Um, yeah, I've read the first six of that. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, that would be a good way to
0: that would be a good way to read the rest of the uh, the rest of the teal. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing art, so it is Greg Tacini in that especially. It's interesting because, you know, obviously you'd mentioned the Black Science one that came out recently. Um Deadly Classes getting one of these soon as it's just been announced. The way you talk about your sort of your era of Marvel comics, mm. like the 90- this is my era of image comics because yes, this yeah. is what uh-huh. got me into single issue collecting. So the likes of Deadly Class, Saga, low and another one of those is getting a compendium this month as well, which is Nailbiter, again another series that I've talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. Joshua Williamson created along with uh, artist Mike Henderson. And uh, 16 of the world's most notorious serial killers were all born and raised in Buckaroo, Oregon. The worst and most infamous being Edward Charles Warren, the Nailbiter. What is happening in this small town to create so many killers? Joshua Williamson and Mike Henderson deliver a mystery that mixes Twin Peaks with the mystery of Seven. Can you tell why I like this? <laughs> Fans of Gideon Falls, something that's Killing the Children and The Walking Dead will this blo- enjoy this bloody drama. Holy crap. This compendium collects the entirety of the original critically acclaimed hit thriller in one massive package. So this collects Neil Biter 1 to 30 and they did a one shot which was Neil Biter Hack Slash, which is a Tim Seeley image comic series. Now, they have called it Compendium 1, which is intriguing to me, because you'll see with the Low Compendium, it's just called the Low Compendium, it's Uh not Volume 1, but Nailbiter did have a sequel series called Nailbiter Returns, but it only ran for 10 issues, so for me, that's not enough to have a Compendium Volume 2. Is there more Nailbiter in the future? The fingers are crossed for that, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of Nailbiter, and as I say, this is just like my image era all coming to life, and owning a store at this point is great for these these ones coming out because I can talk about yeah, them I mean, what do I say there? You know,
1: Gideon Falls something
0: is going on his own and The walking, walking Dead sounds like I might have to give that one a go I think you might have to, I think you might have to so, yeah, you know, there's, there's tons of great image stuff as you'd expect, you know, continuing through the book as well loads of continuing series uh, but we'll move away from image and jump on to Boom and the first thing I thought I'd mention is a book it's sort of a first issue but also kind of a preview issue, but it comes from one of my favourite creative teams, and I say that they've only done one book together. Huh. But that book was Many Deaths of Lila Star, which Oof. is quite simply one of the best things in modern comics, I think. Mm-hmm. Five issue miniseries, phenomenal book. But the, the team that created that, Ram V, of course, you know, friend of the store, you know, we, we see him at conventions, he did a signing in store. Uh, and this is illustrated by Felipe Andrade, the artist on uh Many Death Slide of Stars. So they're releasing this thing called a Tasting Menu Ashkan. It's for a new series called rare flavors which is why of course it's a tasting menu exactly very clever uh 24 pages to kick it off it's going to have a three dollar price point as well so i suppose it's almost like a preview issue but the eisner harvey and ringo award nominated team of ram v and felipe andrade make their celebrated return and you can get a first taste in this exclusive Ashcan edition tantalize your senses with this amuse bush introducing this creative duo's Nick's masterpiece marion the supernatural indian cuisine and the cutthroat world of chef driven celebrity and what will be the most talked about new comic of 2023 this ashcan will be strictly limited to its first printed never to be printed again so Oof. if this is something you are interested in then you may get those pre-orders in so again we preach following creators and it's one thing following the writer of a series you love it's another thing following the writer and the artist of a series that you love and them coming at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, speaking of uh, a writer
1: and artist team, both of whom, uh, we love It is great to see damn them all, uh, by Sice Brayer and Charlie Adlard uh, continued as an ongoing, ongoing? there's a little danger there that we might be looking at a six issue mini, uh, but the newly ongoing hit series returns with a new story arc, perfect for new readers uh undoing the afterlife's doom will be no easy task and uh ellie will have to try anything she can and the corpse uh the corpse of her occultist uncle may be the key however <laughs> fans can expect some unexpected and hellish twists into the high genre as the body of bloody Elle's late uncle is prize is a prize feverishly sought after by her enemies as if ellie's plate wasn't full enough a love thought lost to the past makes a return changing things forever uh, that was a great six issue, and uh, I am I am right on there for the return of it. But we've also got a a hardcover deluxe edition uh, of uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead, which was uh, Al Ewing's uh, sort of hard sci-fi uh, epic. Um, so uh, it is uh, it's an October solicit, so plenty of time to save your money by Al Ewing and beautifully illustrated by Simone demio Always beautiful, always dead, no escape. Captain Malik and the crew of the spaceship uh the VHAN 2 are in search of the only resources that matter, which can only be found by harvesting the giant corpses of alien gods that are found on the edge of human space. But Malik's obsession with being the first to find a living god will push his crew into the darkest reaches of space and many decades into the future, where the universe has changed in ways beyond comprehension. Rival religious factions clash throughout the galaxy as the V-Han 2 is on a quest to discover once and for all the origins of the gods. Will the lines between humanity and the divine blur even further? Superstar writer Al Ewing, Immortal Hulk, Immortal Thor, <laughs> uh, and distinguished artist Simone DeMio, many more from Power Rangers, uh, for the first time ever present a deluxe hardcover collection of the entire, an oh, Eisner Award-nominated sci-fi epic. Collects We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number one to fifteen. It's a slip case hardcover i think um or there is a slip card cover edition as well it's 400 pages uh and i uh, it'll be beautiful to look at it'll be beautiful to read as one thing so if you if you weren't on it i would highly recommend
0: uh i would highly recommend grabbing it yeah i mean the, the boomer's starting to do this just as we're talking about each company having their staple omnibus or collected edition format boom have started to do this more with these slipcased editions you know they've done something that's killing the children they've done once in future uh there was one that came out two weeks ago there faithless from brian azarello uh-huh. and maria love it yep. this looks to be the same thing again as keith says there is a hardcover on its own but you can then get that slip edition as well so we move away from boom and on to the world of titan comics And this is because I had mentioned in the intro one of the best directors of all time (laughs) is getting their own comic book and this looks fantastic. Uh, That director of course is Quentin Tarantino and that book is Quentin by Tarantino. So this is written and drawn by Amazing Amazian. Uh, Take a dive into the brain of master author Quentin Tarantino. In a first-person account amazing amazing leads us through the life story of this iconic auteur from his humble beginnings as a video shop clerk to his rise through iconic indie blockbusters all the way to global superstar discover the influences opinions and history of one of the world's most acclaimed filmmakers unmistakable in style and talent so this is a soft cover uh, graphic novel full color 128 pages for this one and uh, th- it's not going to be released as like a single issue form but uh, it just looks like tremendous fun. It's almost got a commentary through the book as well from uh, from Tarantino himself. So I think that will be pretty damn great. So yeah, original graphic novel, Quentin by Tarantino, Titan Comics. <laughs> Fantastic. So we've
1: got we've got a fairly fresh uh, a fairly fresh publisher next uh, in Massive Publishing uh, and what they're doing. Uh, that I mean, Massive are. Um, Massive are connected to whatnot publishing, which is a brand that we we've, we've we've seen already the the north the north north and, and a few other books the exile so, yeah and Wesley yeah one. absolutely so um they the, the massive are the publishing group that unites all those imprints um that's uh, they, those imprints are like uh, overlook which is the horror centric one that colin Bonn runs, uh, and uh, you know a few other bits and pieces Kingwood's comics which is Focused on black characters and stories and, uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, what we have uh, coming up from Massive uh, on August 30th is a new series called The Plot Holes. It's by superstar artist uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, known for his groundbreaking series, Batman White Knight, uh, and also the work he did on American Vampire. Um, and he delivers an all new tale of world hobbing adventure. The Plot Holes, interestingly, are a squad of fictional warriors who transport themselves into the pages of other books using their unique skills to save the plots in order to stop them from being destroyed. And Cliff is their newest recruit, a comic creator who's just realised his world isn't real. In fact, it's a complete fiction that literally exists inside a novel. The other members are misfits like him, pulled from unpublished books that couldn't be saved, a manga samurai, a barbarian tiger, a kid from a comic strip, and a vampire assassin. Outclassed by the other members, Cliff sets out to prove his worth as the plot holes through the plot holes as they fight to save as many books as possible. That
0: sounds really interesting. It's interesting in itself because it's not a new series. It's a semi-new series. Right. So uh, Sean Murphy did this on Kickstarter a few years ago. Uh And it was released as a full hardcover. Now, I have said hardcover and I have read it. And it is very, very good. But, yeah, it's interesting that, that, you know, I was... You know, I've I've talked about this a lot in store people must think I do nothing else with my time but <laughs> I was listening to the Mark Miller interview with Sean Murphy and Sean Murphy was talking about trying new formats in comics uh-huh. and so he did the Kickstarter which was for the hardcover for collectors, early adopters but then the idea was you could then serialize it into single issues attack that market and then again have another collector okay. edition later yeah. so uh, I have read this, I do own this it is really really good but the the main thing that interests me with this release is the frankly ridiculous amount of great looking variant covers (laughs) you know you've got everything from homage covers to you know first appearance of better a bill uh uh you've got you know like an old video game cartridge variant Mm -hmm. you've got foil variants you've got black and white editions you've got mignola homages so they're 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 going pretty big on the um variants for this Mm -hmm. as well Oh, the cover A is great, and that's actually the cover from the, the hardcover book. But yeah, if you didn't do it back to Kickstarter or never got a chance to read this, it is really, really good, and it's going to be serialized as five issues. Brilliant,
1: I'll look forward to it.
0: So we will move on then to AWA Studios, uh, a new title launching this month, new six-issue miniseries. Of course, AWA, a relatively new publisher still themselves. They're going a couple of years now. But they always specialise in shorter series, five issue minis, six issue minis, that kind of thing. So this is a six issue from J. Michael Straczynski, uh, penciled by Echo and uh, inked by David Lorenzo. This is called The Madness. So this is legendary writer J. Michael Straczynski teams with superstar artist ACO for a tale of bloody revenge. Sarah Ross's godlike powers made her the perfect candidate for the world's toughest wet work jobs until her government employer decided she wasn't needed anymore. To close the books on Sarah, her handlers decide the smart move is to assassinate her along with anyone who happens to be nearby. Now stark, raving, mad and laser focused on revenge for the murder of her family, Sarah faces an army of super powered operatives determined to stop her. Kill Bill meets the Avengers in this superhero (laughs) revenge epic. They know how to get us with this uh, this language uh,
1: this this might interest you if you're into this or (laughs) this is this meets this.
0: Uh, You know pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. But yeah, we're, we're starting to wind down with the indie stuff, but definitely one of the biggest announcements of comics in the last few months is coming to fruition this month. And again, that is the formation of a new publisher called Distillery. So this is going to be their... They, they've got a little section in the book, The Revolution Begins... Welcome to Distillery, a next-generation publisher redefining creator-owned comics. And, of course, Distillery is spelt in the cool way where they leave out all the... All out all the, all the that yeah. must really annoy all the writers involved in this. <laughs> I was thinking that myself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they're kicking things off in August. Um, I'd mentioned before it was the guys from Comixology setting this up, but what they've done is they've pushed to the forefront the creatives. Uh, so founding creators for this include Mirka Andolfo, Brian Azarello, Mark Bernardin, Elsa Chartier. Becky Cloonan, Lee Garbay, Jock, Joel Jones, Tula Lote, Jimmy McKelvey, Junko Mizuno, Stephanie Phillips, Scott Snyder, James the IV, Ram V. Now, at Thought Bubble last year was Ram V, Scott Snyder, James, uh, Tinian. James Tinian, Mark Bernardin, uh, Lee Garbey, Jock. So I kind of <laughs> get the feeling they may have been you know, talking about this over a few beers. But yeah, what they're doing is they're kicking things off with a 72-page one-shot uh, which will never be reprinted in this format again, so to speak. It's called The Devil's Cut. And in this you have stories by all of those aforementioned creators, but also some guest creators from the start, including Francesco Francavia, uh including Christian Ward, mm. Eduardo Risso. Cover A is by Jock, but all the other covers are redacted, variants mm-hmm. to be revealed. So The Devil's Cut is your introduction to Distillery, a new publisher redefining creator-owned comics. In the ageing process, the whiskey that evaporates is called the Angel's Share, but the most potent spirits are captured in the wood, The Devil's Cut. This is The Devil's Cut, unfiltered stories from the most fearless creators offering a distinct taste of the quality to come. 72 oversized pages printed on premium paper featuring a flight of high proof work from our founding creators and friends including Frank Avea, Ariella Cristante. Edward Arriso, Christian Moore, and Moore. Edited by the legendary Will Dennis. This kickoff issue will never be reprinted in this format again. Although Keith's, Keith was starting to get worried there when I said... Oversized. Oversized. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, to me it looks... Yeah, it might even be Black Label size, but something tells me this will be a, a, a great thing, yeah. A, to jump in on at the ground floor. This really does have uh, a, a distinct feeling of image comics in a more modern way
1: it certainly does it certainly does I am uh, I'm looking forward to it but uh, something else that I'm looking forward to is another uh, spotlighted by uh, by previews Uh, and I think this is something that we'll both enjoy a fine Uh, note to end on I think quite uh, and that is More Tall More Bone Tall Tales graphic novel by uh, original creative team Jeff Smith and Tom Snagoski Jeff Smith's best-selling, award-winning Bone Saga returns with a hilarious sequel, to Tall Tales. Smiley Bone, Phone Bone and their rat creature pal Bartleby um, uh, take a group of young scouts on a legendary landmark that the Bone Cousins found when they were kids. Uh, They share stories around a campfire, spinning tales of trips to the moon, the delights of Quiche and the the imagined monster come to life and an encounter with two stupid rat creatures gone hilariously wrong. This volume includes stories written by Jeff Smith and Tom Stigoski, illustrated by Jeff Smith, Stan Sakai, Katie Crook, Matt Smith, and Scott Brown. It's available in both soft cover and hardcover. And it's also available in the UK. In the UK, most importantly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean there was the original uh, the original uh, Bone Tall tales. so this is uh, this is a, a sequel to that. So very much uh, looking forward to it.
0: Uh, put me in the mood to read Bone again. Yeah, and nice that they're actually allowing us to have it this side yeah. of the world, given how much they tease us with that uh, one complete edition in full colour. Brilliant. So, uh, But yeah, Bone was one of those ones. Again, you've probably heard us talk about it before. But that was very much a Keith recommendation to me and a... Uh, a teal well told and very much enjoyed so very happy to see a little bit more coming through on that so is that us calling it a night on previews that is the June previews book done and dusted so this is uh, as I say the June book A majority of these releases due in August we uh, we have obviously advanced solicits towards the end of the year with some of those bigger additions uh the orders for this need to be in by the 23rd of june that's your initial orders we will of course get a chance to top those orders up down the line so if you're coming to a little late It's not a problem. Just let us know. I'm going to have to get my preview order in before going holiday, which is tomorrow. It is indeed. Well, you know, (laughs) Keith's very good with his previews order, so I can't give him too much grief. Mm. Uh, But yeah, as, as ever as anything appealed to you there, just let us know. We can get that on a pull list for you. Or if you don't have a pull list with us, but you're interested in one. Again, we've no minimum or maximum amount of titles in store that you have to have on a pull list. Everything comes bagged and boarded. Everything's cover price and everything's first print cover A's unless of course otherwise stated and you prefer a variant cover along the way so again hope you guys enjoyed this hope it proves useful for you our monthly sojourn through the previews books and uh god damn it marvel are getting a lot of my money this month.
1: <laughs> and it's uh, it's terrible when we do these because i have a certain you know i put down things that i'm interested in and then we talk about more stuff and then
0: you know the, it increases so Yep. Thanks. So reviews. it works on us as well as hopefully yeah, working on absolutely. you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, uh, pleasure is always going through these with Keith. Uh, we are going to nip off now, get a little bit of food and maybe a beverage or two. We shall see. Anyway, hope to see you guys in the store soon. Let us know if there's anything you'd like from the previous books. Take it easy. Good night. So I've been Alan Taylor, and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan
1: in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm scannyson 0 Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop,
0: coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well.